0: Hello, and welcome to Awesome Algo, episode number 17. And today we have a rather interesting episode. We are not going to talk about engineering. Well, hopefully we'll try to avoid the topic. It's hard to not to talk about technology these days. Um, But yeah, we're going to be focusing on designing strong and meaningful brands for blockchain ecosystems. And we have Artic and Erden today, who is going to talk about um, design for TinyMan and Hippolabs. And he is the sole genius behind everything that you see in regards to TinyMan branding and visual design. And it, I'm just very excited because I've been a huge fan of um, of the animations that uh, were produced and for for various videos for tiny man as well as just general style and a lot of symbolism uh behind the logos behind uh the, the the tooling that they provide and it's just a very unique blend of technology and design that I haven't seen a lot uh if we are talking about the um you know typical um AMM platforms or things like that. It's 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 a very um, fresh take on on how these tools should, supposed to look and function. So with that in mind, um, I think it's time to start with a typical uh, introduction and background as we usually do on this podcast. And I would love to hear Ardekhan's uh, journey into design. And uh, firstly, I guess starting by uh, how did you initially join Hippolabs?
1: Yeah. Uh, hello Al, firstly I really thanks for giving that opportunity, uh, it's really great to be here and I'm a bit excited by the way, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, currently I'm uh, working in, at Dynaman as the only designer and my design journey actually uh, starts very early, I'm 23 years old right now but uh, I was seven when I engaged with computers. We had a, only one computer in our house. And before going to school, I was just watching my brother playing games, video games and uh, using the computer whole new machine for me. And I was just watching, the, uh, watching him and uh, their experience. And this is how I start uh, to, uh, Deal with computers. And after that, I started school and I learned uh, writing and reading. <laughs> uh, and in Turkey, those days a bit early for edu- uh, technology and education. And our teacher was also really into education. And uh, not all classroom had computers and projectors, but our teacher were uh, teaching the class with projector slides presentations and it was also really interesting for me and one day when i go to school our teacher made an announcement and uh, he showed a website to us Uh, it was our classrooms website and i got really excited because for a child internet is something uh, not solid it's invisible and behind screens you have the whole world you have the whole archive and it was really uh, excited because exciting because uh i was there my photo was there my friend's photo was there and it was really great to be involved in a, such a network as a, a child and i said i want this because it's different than creating an account in a social media it's different than uh, involving for involving in forums communities you have a building you have a area and you can do anything you want there and after that uh, until high school i tried to uh, get involved in communities and learn about how to create my own website on area and this is how I start my design journey. And in high school, I also, uh, uh, until high school, I create my first personal blog, and I start uh, writing my, about my life as a child. <laughs> and in high school, I noticed internet got really big. and now we maybe
0: just for reference what time frame of years is this because this could tell a lot about the you know the industry at, at, at those years yeah
1: yeah uh in 2012 i think i had <laughs> uh my personal blog and i was 12 and uh i was just writing some blog posts uh telling about my design journey uh, how i use tools and how i create stuff And uh, after that, I think internet got really bigger and uh, we see more complicated feeds, lots of different creations, lots of different products, different mediums, different platforms. And I saw a separation uh, in community. Uh, Some people wants to be in the front of the scene and they create stuff and they share their creations and also some people were just working to create this environment for people to create. And uh, I think it was a really great service because they are working for the backbone of the internet. And I said, I should get involved to them and I should uh, learn about how to uh, work on a project, how to uh, work with people, how to work in teams. And in high school, I involved in some themes and projects and learned about the real uh, design processes and until high school I was working lots of people and lots of projects and uh, back in those days I was living in Izmir. Izmir is really a large state of uh, Turkey but everything, every new project, every team, every event was uh, in Istanbul and I was getting ready to start into college and I moved to Istanbul and it was really, uh, it's really expand my horizons because, horizons because all the co- community members and all the productions were done in the Istanbul. And then I met with Khan in my uh, senior year and uh, uh, he offered me to work in uh, Hippo Labs. And Hippolabs also uh, was also a software consultancy company uh, in those days. And they were providing design and development services to clients. And I really liked their approach. I really liked the design team. And the team was really diverse. So I said, let's go. We can create some stuff together.
0: And you were... um... You mentioned that you are the only designer uh, at Tinyman. Does this imply only Tinyman or uh, there are more folks within Hippo apps as well? Or currently it's uh, you, you, you sort of penetrated the company and uh, made yourself uh, more valuable <laughs> than everyone else?
1: <laughs> not really, not really. actually, uh, as I said, Hippo is a software consultancy Mm -hmm. company so we have lots of developers but uh, comparing to development teams we have a very small design team Mm -hmm. Uh, we have five people in the design team and uh, every person have uh, some kind of different products Uh, you know para is also built in the hippo uh, company but uh, in tiny man from day one uh, I was the only designer. But sometimes when we have huge updates, new products, sometimes I of course, uh, got help from them and mm-hmm. team always changed. But uh, usually, I'm the only one but sometimes uh, one of the uh, design team members contribute also.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's move on. in, in this case, then um, you like on your bio on one of your blogs, um, by the way, really nice design on the blocks as well, uh, sort of reminds me the general aesthetics of Tinyman as well, um, <laughs> but uh, it mentions that you consider yourself as a multidisciplinary designer in the blockchain space, but what does this actually imply? And before you answer it, I'm also curious if you had any exposure to anything within blockchain, DeFi, or Web3 space before actually joining Hop.
1: Yeah, uh, when we first start to plan Tinyman decentralized exchange, I was also getting uh, involved in the blockchain ecosystem. And uh, that year I uh, took a course about blockchain systems in my college. And it was also really exciting to me because uh, there's something is coming and you can't define what's coming, and uh, but I was really a beginner and I was trying and learning, uh, consuming some tutorials and trying to get involved. And I was uh, really a beginner when I first involved TinyMan. But after that, after we start designing and planning and creating the product, Uh, I also brought different chains, different protocols and learned about their concept, their approach and uh, our main aim was creating the uh, whole experience uh, made for Algonaut because Algonaut have different uh, parameters uh, compared to other chains and uh, this thing we will create is actually will be specific to Algorand and Algorand soul. So being a multidisciplinary design, designer in this community is actually... Uh, actually, I'm not a, really a brand designer. I was not a brand designer when I first started Tinyman. I was just designing products, UI and UX design. Uh, but with Tinyman, I also dive into branding sites, uh, creating a whole new branding strategy and all those visual crafts. So with Man, I actually learned a lot about the branding side. I grew up that.
0: I see. Um, but like in terms of skills, um, if I may also ask what, what was your very, very first programming language?
1: Yeah. Very, very first programming
0: language. Uh, Python, I can Python. say. I see. I see. You you look like a Python guy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so discovering, you know, the tinyman project and sort of the importance of branding in the blockchain ecosystem. What were um, at the time you joined? Were, were there already some sort of design? Uh, or like visual system conf- uh, in place that uh, the folks had in mind, or you pretty much joined at the very, very early stages and uh, helped to create this from scratch. Like, I'm, I'm wondering where does the um, the main sort of core of the, of, the, of the design philosophy came in? Because in my uh, understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but um, <clears throat> why Tiny Man? I think it's because of the original sort of uh, vision or philosophy that uh, Professor uh, Sylvie Michalli had for Algorand, which is even, mm-hmm. evening the playfield uh, to very sophisticated economic tooling uh, with very cheap, low entry fee for everyone on, on, in the world, basically, Hans Steinemann, that because everyone can basically uh, access these tools. Was it, was it sort of the, the, the reason behind this? Uh, Naming and branding there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you, I you are correct, by the way. You are correct. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, in those days, Hippo was still a consultancy company, and I was working on a, pro- a mobile application product, and we were in the last days of this product. And uh, we had a great story of providing uh, design and development mm-hmm. services, and I, without, I think it's the time to build... Our own products, and we decided to build a decentralized exchange for the algorithm because we didn't have. And in those days, actually, our first name was Algoswap, a really generic one. And well, I'm I'm glad you changed it. It was Algoswap. And uh, in the first day, Khan said, okay, uh, for all these years, we. Provide design services, and when you work with the customer, when you work with the clients, uh, they bring a brief, and you are just using that brief as basis. And there can be some stuff you can't change when you don't have the when you don't own the product. But when it's your own product, you are building the whole stuff from scratch, and tiny man. Uh, As I said, it was uh, called Algostop those days and Khan said, you can just experiment everything. You are free and this will be our own product and let's create something that we will also love to use. And it was really uh, motivating to me because uh, you have a really empty whiteboard and... uh, I could do everything, and I created uh, different concepts for the product. And our main mechanism is swap. And I create a a concept that uh, there are two platforms in the space, and one on one of these platforms, we have a really small, uh, tiny person, and he's looking to the other platform. Actually, he wants to go to that platform, but there is no connection. And Algorand had had, uh, no disconnection in those days. And we really like this this concept because uh, it's basically abstract explanation of the pool system. Uh, You have some assets, but in the ecosystem, in the blockchain, there are different projects and different assets. You want to own them, but there is not a way to trade trade them autonomously, uh, you or your own option is to ask people who own those assets. So uh, those story were really solid. It uh, was real solid, and as a team, we really liked the approach. But then uh, we decided to get rid of AlgoSwap name because the concept was really strong, and AlgoSwap is actually not reflecting the whole story so we said okay we can continue with tiny man and actually tiny man also uh, must came up from the term of big guy because in the other chains okay you can swap and you can add liquidity to pools and you can stake them you can do everything but uh, you need to pay uh, really high fees and not everyone have that amount of
0: uh, money. A tiny man with a huge wallet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in Algorand, there's this advantage: transaction times are really uh, short, and the fees are really cheap. Mm-hmm. So actually, instead of uh, creating a product for the big guys, we want to create something for tiny, small people. And that's why we come up with tiny man name.
0: I see. Very, very interesting. Uh, I, I didn't hear ab- uh, about like the fact that it was initially called AlgoSwap. swap. Um, I feel like there was even a poll recently where people were saying we, sh- we should uh, make it illegal to add algo in the name of a project. <laughs> everyone is like starting with, with this as a prefix these days. But but talking a bit more um, in depth about uh, building the brand itself. Um, so I guess we already covered sort of uh, the the motivation behind the mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what uh, what were the sort of key you know elements of the um, branding you know strategy for it? Like once you establish this initial aesthetic in terms of um, how how to present. Um, the platform itself, the logo, things like that. Um, is this something that served as the precursor for then further developing um, other elements of the branding strategy or you already had something in mind? Um,
1: yeah, actually, after deciding to name and the main story, the main element of our branding, the tiny man, uh, everything came up very easily because uh, we want to try we want to create something for tiny men uh-huh. and we are also tiny men so we are your we want to show people we want to show our potential community we are your friends and you are not alone we are tiny men and we are with you and most of us living in turkey and we know how you feel and you know you can't trust us we try to give that feeling to the user and also uh one of the most elements uh, a blockchain project should have is actually transparency uh because if you have a community and if you say uh, we are tiny men and you are tiny men we are your friends we are in this together if you say this you should also be transparent and uh, from the day one to this day We try to share every update and every uh, our every uh, thing with uh, to share these with our community, and uh, also the other thing is uh, we have a community and Tinyman is something uh, is a project that's community driven. We create the story, okay, we continue this story and uh, we are planning the next step of Tinyman, the Tinyman product and also Tinyman itself, but also community is also contributing and committing to this story. It's not uh, produced by ourselves only, it's something collective.
0: Oh, sure. And, and for the listeners out there, the protocol itself is uh, for V2 is done in... Tealish, it's fully open source. Um, You can check it out on GitHub. Um, Some other elements, there's a lot of repositories open sourced, uh, such as the Tinyman PI SDK. Uh, You could pretty much build your own um, UI for your own AMM that could rely on uh, Tinyman smart contracts um, that are already deployed. Um, I I think the the license itself is a business license, so there's there's a locked period of years. Uh, after which, um, I think it becomes GPL v three or something like that, and so people can start using it for like um, commercial purposes. But you cannot um, <clears throat> sort of copy um, the the protocol itself for commercial purposes a- as of now. But it will be um, possible in the future. Um,
1: yeah. Also, our brand is uh, also open source, and uh, in the early days of Man lots of people loved the branding and loved the thing we have created. And they try to contribute, and they created NFT projects, NFT collections, and also uh, sub products for Tinyman. So yeah,
0: uh, the, the, the Figma think. boards are available for free, I believe. The mm-hmm. design um, assets, all of that. Yeah, all the, all, really the core e-
1: all the core elements we use for the branding for the marketing. Uh, the 3d character and also stickers and also emojis wallpapers patterns colors everything is available on github and also in figma
0: Um, and maybe to add a bit more technical details here um, and i'm sorry i I tried to avoid them but i'm just really curious um you know speaking about challenges um and i guess the most important lessons learned in 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 creative immersive um, brand for, for a protocol like that because uh, it, it's a very, very overcrowded space, right? W- w- won't you agree? Like, I know we have still, you can count pretty much on fingers the amount of um, decentralized exchanges on Ogrand. It's it, It's certainly bigger than, you know, uh, talking about things like oracles, bridges, uh, or whatever, but uh, we still do have a um, rather small amount of uh, decentralized exchanges. But I'm talking about the overall space, Like, right? We have tons of stuff on Ethereum. There's just so many um, decentralized exchanges out there. And everyone is almost like a rule, consistently has something that needs to be an eye candy, it needs to catch you, catch your eye, and it needs to grab your attention. Because the higher the competition, I suppose, the higher uh, is, is is the creativity that needs to be involved to be unique in this space. And um, I don't know. Like for me, Tinyman certainly managed to grab that particular aesthetic. That uh, you know is it, just. It, it, I would still still say it's sort of an eye canzi, but it's it, it's very minimalistic. And once you get, if you truly do understand sort of the uh, the intent of all Grand and things like that, it uh, it really just becomes uh, appealing. It's like um, it's like finding uh, Easter eggs and some like I don't know Breaking bet or. Better Call uh, episode, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what, what sort of tools are your primary tool set, right? Because um, once again, a multidisciplinary designer is is someone who is not just working with, I suppose, you know, ve- vector graphics and things like that, right? This also involves animation, maybe some sort of um, coding as well. So what would you say were um, the main tools, Um that that you sort of uh, relied on in order to create this and as a consequence you know main challenges and lessons learned
1: uh actually thanks for the kind uh comments on uh, on the brand our aim was creating uh, something uh, a system for people even they don't see the tiny man name or the tiny man logo uh when you uh browse the Twitter feed when you're scrolling Twitter feed you can easily connect and say yeah this is tiny man's material and this is from tiny man you can easily say that I'm glad we succeeded this, this. and if we uh, come to tools actually I'm using lots of different uh tools in my creative process uh Figma is our main tool in the Hippo and we are Uh, using this for our product design and also creating design systems and also brand systems. Figma is really uh, our main tool, but for marketing materials and also teasers, animations, I use uh, the Creative Cloud products, uh, Photoshop, After Effects, also Premiere, and also uh, sometimes uh, the 3D set of Creative Cloud products, Substance Painter. Uh, something like that and also blender is also really uh, one of the core tools Uh, i also learned how to use blender with tiny man because uh, market is changing really fast and everything is changing really fast sometimes sometimes you say something and the uh the next day it's not valid anymore so if we want to create a brand system, it should be easy to uh, produce. So, okay, we are uh, doing marketing uh, teasers. We are creating whole new worlds, but these should be easier to create. Create. So, when we first start Tiny Man, I was just doing frame by frame animation by just drawing all the frames, and I said, okay, this is not uh, suitable for a blockchain product because it's really difficult and takes a uh, long time. So I thought if we create a 3D character, then we could use uh, open source animations on this and we could uh, use uh, open source materials, 3D materials and expand the system more because uh, I don't know. Thinking in 2D compositions is okay, Uh, it's still doable, but when you have the scene in front of you, the 3D cubes, models, character, and they're also uh, moving, it's a lot better and easier to create.
0: I mean, it it kind of gives you an entire dimension, extra dimension to to be creative, so uh, it's, it's certainly... Uh, but but then still, you um, that's like um, th- th- there's some fusion going on there. It's not just 3D, right? Majority of the elements, everything is sort of um, operating um, in 2D for for I suppose platform elements, things like that. But the branding itself, the the marketing things like that, that's where there's this interesting blend of um, 3D elements going on. Um, so talking about. Strong branding in blockchain ecosystems. Um, one other interesting aspect is, I, I believe you guys also have your own font, right? For yep. Uh, yep. For, for Tinyman. So could could you also tell us uh, and to our listeners a little bit about uh, what was sort of the design process behind it and why um, you had to create your own font because it's usually something um, that is done when you you know you really need to. Um, But I guess this was part of the goal, right? You guys wanted to create your own design system, not just the brand, so it only makes sense to have something custom in this case.
1: Yeah, while uh, designing the uh, design system, creating the design system, uh, typography is one of the things you are uh, deciding and defining early. And uh, we were using JetBrains font. Uh, Jade's Brains monophone back then. And some letters was just wasn't reflecting the feeling we want to give. Some letters were really uh, too sharp and without, okay. Uh, sometimes you can just say, okay, no problem. We can continue with this. And this is the font we look for. But uh we are able to do lots of things with these missions missions right now and uh i thought okay these are sharp but we can uh make them more friendly make them more suitable for a tiny membrane and uh those days i also the took a course uh, typography, typography course in the college and also uh, Tinyman was a great experiment area. Tinyman's font but it was a great experience area, experiment area for me in those days. And we created a basic version uh, for the AMM version one. And for one year, uh, we used uh, that font and with the AMM 2, uh, we modified and improved uh, more and uh now we are using the tiny version two with the mm version two. but uh, yeah uh it was a bit crazy because uh in the design team we didn't have the knowledge of uh creating or modifying fonts but uh it's changed some stuff now uh we also use this approach in our other projects you know in para for example
0: i uh-huh. see and you mentioned um, a few things about emotions. and uh, you know when it comes when it comes to emotions, uh, like I think depending on the audience that uh, you're trying to serve the product to, uh, it can it can can be vastly different. Um, I still think that, for example, trying to satisfy a group of engineers with an internal tooling, is often a mission impossible because engineers have a lot of opinions, a lot of biases. Um, some are, you know, adepts of a certain stack, some are generalist and, uh, but when it comes to basically serving any layman user out there who goes on the, on the website, like how do you, um, measure, like is there a metric of sorts that you guys measure when it comes to how well does the, um, the audience or or a subset of your audience perceive the branding that is being developed. Was there some sort of set of stages um, where you were evaluating the things you were creating? Because um, how um, like is the, is is there some sort of feedback loop that comes in regards to design, and does it come from the audience?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, in Web two, uh, uh, in the traditional products you don't have a chance to get feedback a lot from your customer because they're just coming to your product and they're solving their problems and they go and they pay for that but with web3 uh, we see an increase in the community driven projects and tinyman is also one of those projects and uh from the day one we received lots of feedback for the tiny man branding and lots of different ideas for tiny man branding and also team is also brainstorming for example uh the car idea <laughs> when we first launched tiny man we launched the tiny Man's car and this idea was not mine uh, it was discussed in the team and uh, we said okay it's really cool we can uh, continue with that and these kind of comments are also coming from the uh, community. And we are also we also uh, find them very valuable because uh, these people are using our products and they want to contribute to our uh, branding, our story. And of course, we listen to them and we uh, talk these kind of feedbacks internally and uh, manage the branding according to those.
0: And how would you say, um... If there are some you know supplementary metrics, how would you say um, the role of, of, of the branding that was created uh, helped with driving you know user adoption and um, community engagement um, as, as the things were rolling out could you um, could you see how um, this this ability to quicker um, recognize a particular design style was helping tinyman because tinyman is not the only product in relation to algorithm that you guys also have, right? There's also um, things like Tealish, for example, that also has a very cool documentation website uh, with very, um, I would say, TinyMan-esque aesthetics. And uh, would you say there was a significant boost in this regard, helping with uh, user adoption and uh, things like that?
1: Yeah, actually for the products, uh, uh, we are decentralized trading platforms. So actually, when we come to metrics and when we come to farms, pools, uh, branding have uh, don't have that much effect uh, because people are moving their money uh, to platforms where they give high rewards. Sometimes this becomes tiny man, sometimes this becomes other protocols. But uh, branding is really important for building a community and creating a bond emotional ones with these uh, community members. And uh, with the current stage of Internet, uh, being a, uh, having a brand that is memeable is really important because, uh, as I said, uh, community wants to contribute to your story. And even people who don't have uh, really uh design skills they should also be able to contribute to the brand and contribute to the product and uh with this way uh, with tiny man with this name with its uh, story people were able to create memes and uh different materials easily and also they create their own nfd collections they also created different sub communities under Tinyman, and this created a strong uh, community. I can say.
0: And moving on to the tips for you know blockchain protocols and projects, I, I'm sure there will be folks who are interested in um, a bit more um, in-depth overview of design um, after, after after this episode. Um, what would you say are the key factors to consider when um a team a an individual a company is is trying to develop um, a brand for a blockchain project and we can generalize it to any sort of platform doesn't necessarily need to be an amm uh start
1: actually every product have its own soul and every product needs uh something different in, my, in our case, uh, TinyMan was the first platform in uh, SDEX in Algorand, and Algorand has uh, had really competitive advantage across different chains. And this advantage also affected TinyMan. And we decided to continue with this approach. But as I said, every project, every protocol needs something uh, specific to itself. Uh, And it also uh, be decided uh, with planning and researching uh, before creating and building the whole brand. uh, brand. Because, okay, you will continue this. We will create this brand, but this brand will uh, be with you until you redesign. (laughs) It's like forever. And it's like an identity for you. And you need to... Uh, specify your needs and specify your vision carefully, and you need to uh, build your brand on this basis.
0: Okay, so so, so I guess to sort of reiterate, um, finding something simple, some some, some some simple idea, simple core sort of value, um, or it could, I suppose, even be a character of sorts that represents certain values and then building um, everything around this sort of um, core value, core idea. Um, and I guess looking at, for example, Tinyman, another addition that you can add is uh, also creating a design system because who knows uh, where are you going to evolve in terms of uh, you know functionality in the future? Yeah, there could be a completely different platform, and if you yeah. have your own design um, guideline in place already configured, it will just help you to rate a lot faster and, and build new products that are already recognizable by folks who use the previous platforms under the same design guideline. So, I mean that even if you look at big guys, right, like Google. And, uh, you know, Microsoft, uh, IBM, Apple, everyone has their own design system. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because they want to, uh, you know, make everything look the same. Uh, for example, look at the logos of uh, Google products. I have no idea how to decipher them because they all look like one, uh, you know, rainbow drop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it also saves them time, saves them money uh, mm-hmm. because you don't need to reinvent the wheels every time some folks like different approaches where they try to do something completely new for every new project but you know you, you gotta be really efficient in this case if you <laughs> if you have resources and time to you know uh, because it's like i guess for some teams it's like having a baby you know it's uh, you you're creating something um that is supposed to last uh, for quite some time so um I mean, of course, each baby needs to last for some time. It's it's just unfortunate. <laughs> <metaphor as well. laughs> so, uh, all right, so talking about social media, maybe, uh, and you know, ad- other digital platforms for effective branding. Um, and before we dive into it, just wanted to clarify as well one additional thing: um, Do you do also do the music for uh, for for example, if you look at the marketing? Um, videos for Tinyman because some of them have really uh, really cool tracks uh, or or you guys hired some uh, cool uh, indie band from, from Ankara or Istanbul <laughs> to, to, to record the music for you
1: not really actually we are uh, using uh, we are using a product for this and they have a huge archi- archive of sounds mm. and also music but uh, I also have some uh adobe audition i don't know It uh, was it audition yeah uh-huh. i also have a small knowledge of adobe audition and sometimes uh to fit the music with the scene i remix them nice, uh, nice. on there uh but usually uh, for teasers for videos that we don't have a uh, music uh we are do- doing uh sound design internally yeah but sometimes, for example, for the Decipher video uh, and also launch of uh, MM2, Tiny Man was talking to their parents and talking about uh, their uh, the journey and the stuff coming uh, right now. So, for example, in this uh, work, we uh, collaborated with uh, a, a person who is doing voiceovers. But mostly we are handling it internally. For example, in our uh, tutorials, we were using uh, AI generated voices Mm -hmm. and we received lots of feedback. Oh, my God, what is this child's (laughs) voice? And it was really creepy, by the way, (laughs) Uh, Fergal was also scared of those. (laughs) Uh, If
0: it's not a secret, what Was it some open source library or you used yeah, uh, provider?
1: Uh, <clears throat> it was an open source library and you were just giving the uh script and there were some available voices and we were just creating sounds uh
0: with this approach. Um not not to sound like I'm promoting uh but uh just to mention Azure Speech Studio has pretty good um AI-generated sound library for like NLP. Very realistic, and you can also control the, um, you know, the, the duration of the sound, where you put the accent, and uh, things like that. By the way, is, with the,
1: yeah. with the uh, new AI uh, hype, I think we have now lots of improved and developed uh, voiceover products right now. Awesome. Uh, we were using this approach two years ago, and also AI voiceovers uh, methods were were not really great. But right now you can just uh, give a script and also arrange feelings, emotions. Yeah, it's really
0: changed the you game. Even like have a soundbite of your own voice for mm-hmm. five minutes and boom you. can you also have, train. And you have your own clone uh, speaking with your voice, which is cool and creepy at the same time, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at some point, it was in the past two years. You know, it used to be cool and useful or cool and, uh, you know, stupid or over-engineered for a very long time. But every new AI development that comes out these days is, like, cool and creepy at the same time. And it just keeps going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So, I guess maybe to talk a little bit about... um, Oh yeah, the social media. If you could just add a few notes there uh, as well, you know, um, hmm. yeah, what, yeah. What, what what sorts of um, social media platforms and uh, I guess strategies that you guys involved um, helped you the most with um, building building the community around TinyMan.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, in social media, our uh, our strategy, our approach to strategy is a bit traditional, but our execution process is really experimental. For example, we see every product update, every uh, launch as a new campaign. And we are building small campaigns under TinyMan branding for these launch. For example, AMM2 or the migration campaign or uh, farming campaign, these were done uh, specifically for those launches, And right now, actually uh we didn't uh we uh share lots of stuff with the community but we are also experimenting internally and not share all the stuff with it but uh right now we are in a weird point in the media uh we had new media but now right now with the ai and also uh different mediums we have something like new new media or brand new media uh, because uh you really have lots of opportunities, lots of different mediums, you can create uh, interactable systems and also you can create AR and you can use VR technologies uh, or uh, these immersive videos, spatial audios. Uh, There are lots of different uh, approaches and methods these days and I think blockchain is also part of this brand new media uh, moment, in my opinion. And I think uh, supporting the project with these kind of methods uh, is really uh, great for the community. We had lots of ideas, but not say all of them.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure there's uh, a lot of more exciting stuff to come for uh, new iterations of Tangeman. But uh, speaking about, um, you know, the future, of Tinyman and uh, sort of the role of um, branding. Is there anything um, interesting that you can share in regards to um, upcoming, you know, changes, developments, goals for Tinyman? And this could span from technical to design specific um, details, pretty much, you know, whatever is is, is allowed to be shared by you uh, within the scope of the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, we have been a bit quiet in the social media so- uh, side uh, for some time, uh, but we're around and we are still building some stuff in Tinyman, and there are uh, uh, several uh, products that are coming, and uh, we are just uh, arranging of stuff and. Uh, we will also start their campaigns and share with the community. Uh, currently blog posts are preparing the products are developed, designed, developed, and now we are in the stage of, uh, branding blog posts are, uh, are being written. And also I'm, I start to design campaigns for these launch. So we have governance, as you know we all we have been all waiting for this launch and i think it will be huge uh we are working on this right now but also as i said we have a bit extra products and also really exciting updates from the team but just uh just wait <laughs> <laughs> awesome
0: awesome and uh i uh did some playing around last weekend actually um was in search for a quick start uh, template for um, for Tealish and, uh, and AlgoJig. So there's uh, now a, for now, a super simple starter for AlgoKit. Um, you can now use this to uh, quick start a Tealish plus AlgoJig project. Um, we'll be adding some CI VS Code stuff uh, a bit later, but uh, yeah, uh, there were no Sections on awesome algo in regards to algorithmic templates, and I, you know, I would really love to see this being developed into this vibrant um, entry point, right? Because at the end of the day, there will be a lot of folks trying to pick different tools, and it would be nice that uh, if there would be a lot of choice, right? I want this app to be made with Steelage, this app with Steel Script, this thing with I don't know Seal. Uh, if you've heard of Seal, you can now write. Uh, Smart contracts with uh, C, uh, if you want to. Um, so, but basically, yeah, I, I think the stuff that you guys did with Tealish um, was really solid. Um, let's let's hope to see that there's some, um, you know, community-based or community-driven uh, projects being built on it, and uh, that's only going to help with uh, further improvements of the uh, of this translation language. Um, and yeah, sorry, I, I went on the engineering uh, side, side of things. <laughs> yeah, no as problem. Well, <laughs> uh, why, why, why the can? By the way, like, is it something that came out from, um, you know, brainstorming for for, for the design? Um, but what was the sort of symbolism behind the the, the can? Is it uh, because it of the game, of, yeah. the, the Popeye game, where he like eats the mm-hmm. spinach or whatever?
1: Yeah, actually. Uh... Uh, Tildish is actually something Fergal is driving mm. right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, before launch and before Decipher, he asked me, uh, I think we need to create a branding for this. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I uh, we created some concepts. We uh, created different stuff. But the main point was the liquid because mm-hmm. Tildish is something, Tildish is not a uh new method but actually something that's uh makes you comfortable while writing quotes mm-hmm. because with uh, other versions of teal by the way say if i am wrong <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm just <laughs> telling what ferguson <laughs> uh tealish is something like uh, when you write code with teal you need full concentration and actually tealish is trying to uh Decrease these kind of problems and uh-huh. give you a uh, comfortable environment. For this, we want to uh, place this brand as something Tiny Man consumes because, uh, uh-huh. as you know, Tiny Man was uh, written in PyTeal in the first version. And after that, uh, we used uh, Tillish for the new SMA. Yeah. And, uh, the writing smarting contracts and also building the product with this, uh, contracts was really easier and still this was something that, uh, makes tiny stronger. And this is why we wanted to proceed with Popeye, uh, story. Dinaman is consuming this, and, and uh, he receives it's. Uh, comfortable mind, peaceful mind, and also strong body—something like
0: this. I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious, what would be a tiny man who also uses? Uh, let's imagine that there is, you know, some some more advanced version of AlgoJig somehow embedded into algokit already. What would that be? It's like consuming liquid, and then uh, I don't know, like. Uh, Drinking some Red Bull in addition, or <laughs> uh, that's how a Tiny Man can become, like, a, you know, an overly, uh, overly buff man or something like that. It's like um, a lot of add ons on top, uh, which would be nice eventually. Um, but talking about, I guess, the closing thoughts, there has been a lot of um, additional insights in regards to how Tiny Man was developed. And yeah, once again, I think you're doing an amazing job. I was really surprised that pretty much you're the only person behind uh, uh, Tinyman branding and things like that. And uh, yeah, I think I think you, you're doing an amazing job. I uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, what what are those exciting things that you mentioned that are coming in future. But um, for you know aspiring designers in space and it doesn't necessarily need to be blockchain space. Any. Um, interesting advice that you would give uh, for example in regards to you know what would you say as essential fundamental skills and uh, experiences that you have to obtain to consider yourself as a designer in this space and uh, things like that
1: yeah uh actually uh it's it's like when you want to create something uh first you need to uh, see how other people is creating you need to consume what they are doing and what's their approach. And uh, after that, you can have a, a clear mind and you can decide on uh, what you want to be, uh, what you want to create, uh, or what tools uh, you will use. Uh, you can just start. I will. I am going to learn Blender. And after learning Blender, you can, uh, if you don't have anything in your mind uh then you won't be able to learn blender so in my opinion uh before choosing tools or before choosing uh, uh approach i think people or designers should uh decide on what they want to create and uh, if they have anything really uh really something huge it's no problem you can learn We can learn because we have a huge library huge archive in the internet and there are lots of uh, designers who is trying to show people how are uh, they doing uh, their process and they give some insights about their uh, approach and methods so i think uh, before learning something uh, deciding what to do and Creating the whole environment, whole toolkits according to this is really useful. This was my case in Tiny
0: Man. So I guess, <clears throat> in other words, before painting a picture, you need to have this picture embedded into your own imaginary sort of yep. uh, creative brain, so that you know how to translate it. All right, and I guess uh, with that, can we had. A really interesting discussion. Really enjoyed it. Once again, amazing job with tinyman branding, and you know, best of luck with uh, new upcoming changes and uh, future improvements to the platform. And uh, I'm looking forward to see how uh, what other you know branding um, guide visual guidelines are you going to build in future. And I think you are still early in your career, and uh, you're going to do a lot of amazing stuff. So thank you for coming to the podcast. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Al. Thank you for